Hello, what's good guys? My name is Emre Schenter and welcome to the first episode of Acido Podcast. For some of you who are already familiar with Acido Magazine, which is an online magazine for politics and society, um, this podcast is kind of similar. It's also about uh, political and societal issues, every now and then uh, also about philosophical issues and some deep dives into economics as well so it's kind of broad you know but the main line is this podcast is about important content from a different perspective right so just to get that clear this podcast is going to be uh, a lot of fun it's going to be supporting uh, what i'm already doing with the magazine and i think it's it's very important that we that we talk about a lot of things that go um, that happened uh, that happened in, in politics and in society broader developments and stuff and not just oh well okay we can look at it this way and that way and i don't know what now we're going inside deep inside of the topics uh, we're going to have um, analyses we are going to have um, amazing dis- discussions with you guys um, at least i hope so depending on your engagement and my um accessibility which i both want to be as high as possible um first of all to all the people who already know acido magazine and supported it over the last couple of months i'm very very grateful for your support guys i really love you um thank you very much for uh, the amazing input for your opinions and for everything that that came your way you know like kind of uh, from, from me from your side and they supported me um, which kept me going which kept me motivated and i thought okay it might be also useful to have also a podcast format in order to kind of complement it because we're talking about um, very important and interesting things you know let me just quickly open up for example like the today's news page of um, well, what should we look at should we look at guys let's let's take reuters for a beginning right um and i'm talking about real real important stuff all right cookies and cookies for example pushed out by pandemic women struggle to regain footing in the u.s job market all right interesting topic is like one of the is, is the main header of reuters today uh today is the uh March 4, 2021, and for example, this would be a topic that I would be looking at, you know, I would go through the article, through the main points, and try to enlighten it from a different perspective, give some technical accounts, make an analysis, and also say how we can tackle this um, from a public policy standpoint, so it's not just, you know, um, or I have an opinion and stuff, no, it's not about opinions, it's about um, getting stuff out, like, getting stuff done in the first place and putting out the the public policy content in order for you guys to also understand what can be done you know it's not just about i think hmm, it would be better if it of course we all know what it would be uh would be if, if we had like better um uh, better circumstances a better environment and stuff but it's not always the case and there's where a CEDO podcast is kind of uh intervening saying okay guys amazing you get all your information from all the news uh, pages and stuff but there are a lot of things missing especially from what we can do and how possible policy options would evolve the same goes for uh, societal things um, i'm just making up an example for example uh, what can we talk about for example for example let's just think about the digi- uh, digital age uh, the communication um, how communication has changed and how this altered communicate forms of communication also are altered the, the relationships the relationships that we have with the people that we uh, are dealing with on a daily basis 
So this is a very societal thing. We can also talk about how um, political views affect uh, societal behavior. As I said, there are going to be millions of topics that we can talk about and a lot of things will be picked up. Um, what I also like personally is to have a more structural view on things. So uh, how structures actually force uh, people, in, like individuals, but also societies into a certain direction. So we're also going to tackle these kind of things. So, what are we going to talk about in this first episode? Um, I think uh, it would be quite useful to have an account on um, what what politics actually is in the first place. You know, I mean, since since I'm talking about like already um, a lot, and also what society is, I think that they would already. I mean, you can you can write tons of books about these two concepts and what they mean and what they entail and how can we use them um, are they properly exercised and stuff it's kind of endless what we can talk about but uh, for the beginning I want to have some uh, definitional clarity so whenever in the later episodes I'm going to refer to some stuff or you have any questions you can return to this first episode and uh, listen to this and say, okay, well, all right, this is his um, view on uh, on politics, and um, this is the definition that he bases all the later content on. Um, but first of all, I mean, in order for you to get an idea who I am and uh, why, or in order for you to make a better assessment of on on how. Um, or whether I'm qualified enough to talk about these things, which I think is very important. You know, if you if you look around the media landscape, you know there are lots of people out there who talk about stuff who don't really have an understanding of the matter at hand, or are not very involved in the um, in the topic. And with their assessment, just because they are popular or can or have a wi wide reach, um, they can influence people just on the basis of their popularity, which I think is extremely sad. And uh, next to being sad, it's also, <laughs> oh, dude, it's, it's destructive. You know, if some, I don't know, um, fitness model or model in general, an actor, actress, I don't, I don't care, um, talks about political stuff, obviously these people can have their opinions. There's no problem with that. Um, and also, they should be allowed to uh, to talk about these things freely. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, however, I think because they're not qualified to talk about these things, as they are not educated in these topics, their voice can be taken as a reference point for a lot of other people. And what that leads to is kind of that people believe unqualified opinions um, take them as a as an important reference point and this has devastating effects on how uh, certain things are viewed and um, let's say for example a, uh, a football professional is talking about some poli uh, some political stuff let's say an election or some educational reform that's all right. I mean, yeah, people should be able to do this, but I mean, there's also kind of the the trade-off that my people go like his fans or her fans might be listening to the stuff and saying, "Oh, right, oh, he's he's right," and um, there's so much truth to that, um, which is not always the case. So um, I think there's much danger to that uh, in that. So I want to give you. Um, like I'm talking so much about it, you know, but uh, I just want to give you a, a short overview about my person. So um, my name is Emre Shenturk, and uh, as you um, might have guessed from my name already, that uh, is that I'm, I'm Turkish. Um, I'll get back to that later, as uh, this is going to be an important factor. So let's keep this in mind. 
Um, I finished my bachelor's degrees from the University of Groningen, which is in the Netherlands. Uh, I myself grew up in Germany. Um, so it's kind of an international background, you know, and my bachelor's studies uh, were about international uh, relations. So there is a deep um, um, political background on international politics. So, which I also truly love, you know, I love international politics and all the aspects related to it, you know, may it be international law, European law, let's talk about um, uh, macroeconomics, let's talk about uh, the theoretical uh, methods that we apply in order to understand international politics, let's talk about international uh, peace and security, amazing topics, you know, I really love it, um, but... In the end, uh, I pursued a different master's degree, uh, which is public administration. I, I finished that at the Leiden University in, uh, in also in the Netherlands, which is in The Hague, uh, the unofficial um, capital of uh, the Netherlands. And I did this on purpose in order to have a more diverse portfolio, not only to be able to talk about international relations, like international politics in general, but also to have like a more hands-on approach on how states manship is uh, actually conducted on the ground and um, I th felt like yeah I was able to to get a good idea uh, about that as well although I say like personally I would have uh, preferred to stay within international politics however I think um, it was also like a good idea to kind of have a diverse portfolio um, Currently, I don't work uh, in any of those areas, but in something that is uh, much related to that, which is the capital markets. So I work uh, uh, for a company that conducts analyses on uh, capital mar markets uh, movement movements, and um, we're basically analyzing the markets, saying, okay, well, the price for gold, commodities, forex, stocks, and especially stocks. Uh, is going to go up or down and accordingly we are going to place some trades so there's also a capital markets background um, in my portfolio which is also why I said that there's going to be um, every now and then an episode on economics I think um, society uh, politics and econ uh, economics they are intertwined so we cannot really separate them uh, which means that uh, already, like intrinsically, we have to talk about these things in the first place. So this is so much, uh, yeah. Like this is these are the basic facts, you know, about my person. Um, if you say, okay, well, I think there there is some background, <laughs> and uh, that I can trust. Um, you are welcome more than welcome to, to listen to uh, what I'm going to say from here on out um, yeah, throughout the next episodes and stuff. But if you say, okay, well, oh, man, I don't think you're kind of uh, the guy who can talk about these things, all right? I, then I accept um, if you uh, just pause this and say, okay, well, maybe give it a second thought and then close it. And I'm... I'm not going to be mad at you because I think it's very important that we um, reflect on uh, what sources we use, how we use them, uh, who we listen to and why we listen to people. Uh, and if you say, okay, let's give it a shot. This guy seems to be uh, able to talk about these things. I'm more than honored. I'm flattered. And um, I would once again welcome you to the first episode of Acido Podcast. Which kind of closes the circle? As I said before, I'm Turkish, and um, <coughs> excuse me, um, Asido magazine, like the, the online magazine I've talked before, is about a concept that I, uh, yeah, kind of describe as neutral subjectivity. This means that we are all kind of, uh, we're not kind of, we we are subjective we cannot objectively understand the world and because we cannot understand the world objectively this means that we can also not reproduce our opinions and thoughts in a uh, objective and neutral way um this so it's, it's okay you know it's an uh, uh, even playing field as we all face these difficulties and it's perfectly fine we can try to find some neutral or objective truth um in some areas of science 
but not uh, in every uh, in every aspect especially not in the political and social sciences as they are more or less um, yeah they are, they are less lesser quantifiable than for example math or, or physics and uh, how does that relate to me being turkish is the following um, i think there will be some bias uh, in some topics that i'm going to touch upon um, which does not mean that i'm not going to be critical about turkey i'm probably i'm more probably i'm one of the most critical people uh, people about uh, turkey that are out there um, but for the simple fact that i i really love my my country and uh, my culture and everything related to that and therefore in order to kind of push it into the di right direction and um, play my part in advancing it through constructive critique i'm i'm very critical about about it nonetheless i'm not neutral uh, i am subjective but i'm neutrally su subjective this means and this is as i said the one of the key components of uh, what i'm trying to build here is that we are reflective about our subjectivity this means um, that i'm biased but i'm aware where this bias comes from and how this bias um, evolved over the years and how that influences the way I think and how I reproduce ideas and analyses and how I go about things. And because I know that and because I can uh, also reflect on that on a continuous basis, um, I think there is a great, um, this is a great plus compared to um, people who claim that they are neutral and they are really not actually right so there should not be that much of a problem uh, that uh, i have kind of a very critical stance on, on certain things as i said uh, i'm reflecting on these things and i'm very aware that these kind of things are uh, important to touch upon and that there are shortcomings uh, evolving from that but i mean this is what the discussion is here for and i'm very looking forward uh, for you to engage in these discussions as well um, because i think there are lots of things that we do not talk about and uh, that need to be exchanged especially on the matter of, of politics and society so just quickly before we go into the on the very um, like on the content side, uh, dive into the true analysis and, and content. As I said, this episode is going to be more or less about definitional, um, about yeah, achieving definitional clarity about uh, on on politics and society, uh, on the terms or concepts um, of those two. Uh, I will quickly dive into um, why I'm, I, I am doing this. Um, as I said earlier, there is a lot of content out there from people who are not really, uh, in my opinion, qualified to talk about these things in such a way that they can influence people. Um, and I believe that I can do that um, for the simple fact that I think... Uh, and I'm bringing new perspectives into a landscape of political ideas that are very binary. And uh, what I mean by that is the following. So if you look around uh, the over, I think we are currently at 196 countries in the world. Uh, but that really depends on <laughs> what you believe is a country and uh, if you recognize some countries or not. Let's just say uh, 195. 95 is my birth year, so uh, I think it's a good reference point for me to say, okay, well, we currently have 195 countries on the planet called Earth. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, when we think about politics in all of those countries, most of them are... Uh, declared democracies all right and we can see a very clear tendency that the democratic systems are heavily built 
on two parties if they have parties at all which to my knowledge almost all of them have i think all of them have countries uh all of the countries have parties i'm sorry so let's think about this again right we have 195 countries mostly democracies and most of them like all of them all of the democracies at least have parties and there are only two dominant parties so this basically means that we have two opinions on how we can run a country and surprisingly these parties or the, the lines of the parties are more or less the same throughout um, each and every country obviously there are lots of not a lots of but there are a few uh, exceptions uh, in terms of uh, yeah, some countries where there are more which are more diverse uh, have more diverse parliaments and stuff but in general we have uh, the distinction between left and right so there are the people on the right side and the people on the left side and they try to gain power in the country through elections and rule it according to their views wow like amazing yeah so you're telling me that countries of couple of millions of people just have two ways to go wow i mean if you if you're trying to uh, i don't know let's say book yeah i mean you you, you even have more pricing or options for uh, a web page that you, that you can build up on the internet you know you can you can choose between pro premium free i don't know what you know there are are 10 different options but you're telling me that you only can choose between two relevant options for your country there's there's some uh, there's some serious bullshit that's like some some very serious fucked up bullshit you know because uh, and you will agree with me on that let's just look take a look at the united states of america it's just two countries theoretically there's a a third party wow there are three ways or um, three uh, options to choose from wow this is amazing for a country of over 350 million people what kind of bullshit is that don't come up with stuff like this you know this is this is not understandable and we can look at other countries as well china only has one party this is the biggest joke ever yeah so um and this is only on the political this is only on the on the uh, political stage let's just look at society whenever we talk about things there are just two options and it goes always over the line of like two mainstream options that we have there is the black lives matter movement and on the other side there are the racists there's no in between you are either like they, there's no nuanced approach they can there, there are no people who actually say okay well we can also structure it in a different way in order to achieve um like equality within society no there are people who go on the streets and 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 switch their profile pictures on their social media accounts to black and there are other people who say all life matters and what they basically mean by that is actually okay well i don't give a fuck that's what they're telling us and there's no in between right this is this is this is bullshit there are so many ways to look at these things there are so many ways to craft policies in order to achieve an efficient and effective way to handle these things and achieve long-term equality and long-term societal prosperity but no these people just find two ways and then like the fronts are kind of getting har- harsher and harsher you know like going against each other f- uh, for so many ti- uh, like for so many times and over such a long time frame um and as you might have understood from my uh, from my language and excuse me for that uh, but i'm not really sorry i mean like come on like i should be able to talk about these things in such a way a pseudo podcast is not about these kind of things it's not about a binary approach so when i'm looking at things i try to have like the most effective outcome um that we can have in the most efficient way so 
obviously what I think a suitable outcome is is, is also kind of uh, biased but I would also outline um, different options and more than two most likely but um, what I'm trying to do here is when we have a, a certain topic let's say this black life matter thing because we are already on the topic what I would do in such a case and I'm very sure that I'm going to uh, have a whole that episode devoted uh, to this topic because I think it's a very important and relevant topic also feminism for example I, I, I really love this topic we need to talk about this or let's take this as, as an example I think this this is a pretty good thing you know so when we talk about feminism and I'm just quickly touching upon it uh, we have on the one side um, the the people uh, mostly males who are opposing the idea because they attach some kind of um, revolutionism to that and this makes them uncomfortable right and on the other side um, the people who call themselves feminists i'm talking about the majority here they catch this revolutionist vibe and try to be offensive as offensive as possible um, against uh, like these male people you know they're trying to openly talk about sexual things and things that might uh, yeah be disgusting uh to some or not uh, and i'm not talking about periods and stuff like that i mean like they they try to be as extreme as possible uh, in order to annoy the other side and the other ones trying to be as rude as possible to um kind of hurt the other side uh from an em emotional perspective so what i would do in this situation i would say okay guys this might be this might be your opinion but there's a whole different way uh, how we can go about these things and that would be look uh, would be looking at what feminism actually is how we can use the scholarship that is out there in order to implement policies um, that would help uh, kind of um, improve the role of women within society um, there are many different techniques i will um, i would shed a light on on, on a few of them or the most important that I think are going to be uh, most um, effective. And then we will come to the conclusion that's saying, okay, well, these mainstream things are led by people who have a very high uh, emotional attachment to what they think is right or wrong or to the topic in general. Um, but that makes them just vulnerable to the other side as well as ineffective in what they want to achieve um, for the cause of what they are defending and if we are technical and uh, analytical about it we can identify so many ways how we can improve the situation um, how we can find a way out of the situation in a like by implementing smooth policies and adopting smoother uh, reactions to the actions of the other side for example and this is what Acido Podcast and as, as well my uh, magazine, Acido uh, Magazine, is about. Um, because I think that, and, and there's no shame in that, you know. We just, as regular citizens, oftentimes lack the information or we lack the tools to understand and analyze certain developments and because we, we we lack the the tools in the first place to understand them right how can we craft policies and meaningful answers to very very difficult but important problems within society or politics how can we do that if we are not able to properly understand it in the first place so um i'm not adopting a binary approach i'm not positioning myself uh, left or right i'm i'm a technocrat um and i'm, I'm saying this uh because i'm very neutral in terms of political opinions i might go as far as saying that in a, a lot of matters i don't even have an opinion but i can just analyze it obviously i have a preference and obviously uh i have my views kind of reflect uh in which uh, direction i'm leaning but it's not that i'm like dying to defend a certain opinion the only opinion that i might defend 
or I might die to defend is how we can technically solve the problem. Uh, and I really like this role of a problem solver. I think um, it's a very nice role. And I think it's a very nice thing that my uh, podcast and this format can um, add to you. And I think this is also a nice trigger point for you to come back and say, okay, guys, I listened to this podcast and this gave me some great ideas. But this guy who was talking about these things, he missed this and that. And I think I found an answer to that. And if that happens, I'm the happiest guy on earth. You know that. Because if you listen to my stuff and say, oh, I, oh okay, okay, that was all right. Or oh, that was not so good. But it helped me to develop this and that idea. And from that point on, we can departure to find um, a synthesis. That would be amazing. This, this is the thing, you know. So that's the plan so much uh, to that. I mean, oh, that was a hell of an introduction, man. Like, hell of an introduction. Come on. Let's do some content, guys. Uh. Oh, yeah. Let's do some content. All right. So, anyways, as I told you, we're going to have some definitions here. So let's start right off with politics. And uh, I, I will give you a second, guys, to think about uh, what politics is. So I'm asking you the question, what is politics? And uh, if you genuinely ask yourself what politics is, then you might have come to the conclusion that the answer to this is not that easy. Although we are engaging with politics on a daily basis, we are, if you live in a, in, in a democracy, and especially if you're living in a well-functioning democracy, which there are very few in this world, to be honest, um, then you might be encountering, encountering some difficulties by saying, okay, well, mm, I don't know really what politics is because i never asked myself this question that directly before and i also ask around friends and family strangers sometimes you know and uh, some people i just know from the periphery i ask them all the time what is politics and people come up to me with answers like politics is when politicians blah 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 and um, this is not a valid definition because you cannot define a concept with a person i mean it's like saying what is a zoo it's a place where zookeeper like zookeepers or the zoo manager manages how the, you know it's not going to happen you know it's not a definition so the well, same goes for politics and politicians you cannot define politics about what a politician does because that would um, raise the question about what politicians are in the first place so it's not going to happen um, another popular answer is um again over politicians and say yeah politicians are so corrupt okay i that's very nice that you can build the sentence but this is not uh in the slightest way answering my question uh others say i don't know which is uh, which i really like uh <laughs> this is much better than saying some uh, stupid bullshit and others say uh, something like managing uh, society or managing country all right is um, kind of a valid point um, i accept that people are not coming up with uh, linguistically perfect uh, definitions but it goes into the di right direction so what my definition of politics is is the following and um, i think it's it's very important that we uh, i'm also going to repeat it but this is going to be uh, the fundamental the fundamental understanding that I'm bringing to politics and how I'm treating it. So politics is the efficient and effective allocation and redistribution of scarce resources. All right. Uh, once again, so politics is the efficient and effective allocation and redistribution of scarce resources so we have a lot of elements here 
So first of all, we have the efficient and effective thing. So it's not only important that we effectively do stuff that produce meaningful results, but do it in an efficient uh, way. Uh, somewhat 200, 300 years ago, this might have not been like one of the main priorities, but in times of climate change and um, depleting resources, um, as well as growing population and uh, limited space, we should be very fo should be very focused on um, distributing our uh, resources, which are um, not yeah, endless or uh, uh, here in abundance um, in an efficient way. So this is very important. So effective, I mean, it's very self-explanatory. If we want to, uh, if we are drafting policies, we want them to also produce an effect. Um, and obviously this is what we uh, what we aim for when we are engaging with politics in the first place so okay we have this uh, efficient we have the effective and then we have the um, allocation and redistribution so obviously resources are allocated among people themselves in uh, terms of economics so this means um, there's a guy who has a factory and uh, he allocates kind of the resources that he or she, let's take a she here once uh, as we touched upon feminism earlier, but also um, I think the English language at this point is not uh, diverse enough to handle the equality, uh, the, the wish for equality that I have at this point anyways so let's say there's a person and she has a factory right um, this means uh, that she is going to use some resources in order to produce some products uh, but resources are also the workers there so this is human capital and uh, there's machines the machines are based on innovation innovation is a resource in itself so these are allocated in a certain way to achieve a certain outcome which means um, that she is distributing scarce resources as we don't have um, endless machines and endless people in the world, especially not within one country, um, in a certain way. So this is the distribution, or not the distribution, it's the allocation of resources among um, citizens. But what does the redistribution part mean? Um, let's think about taxes. So we take away uh, money from the people, and provide services to all so that we kind of flatten um, excuse me uh, the discrepancies between people uh, meaning for example we have some countries where rich richer people pay uh, higher taxes uh, poorer people pay lesser taxes but they all benefit from them in the same way this is one very simple way of redistribution uh, redistributing resources we can also think about uh, let's say um, tax money being used to uh, kind of restructure ghettos in order to um, add to the development of the communities there questionable uh, whether a lot of countries are doing this in an efficient way or if they're doing it at all a whole different topic Anyways, this is also the part that we touch upon. Uh, finally, we have the part where we uh, where, where the definition talks about uh, scarce uh, resources, which means that we um, are on the planet with a certain amount of gold, with a certain amount of silver, air, water, oil, people, innovation, education. These are all resources, uh, territory. Um, and so on and so on and we have since it is so limited um, we need to be able to use these resources um, in a very efficient way in order to achieve societal progress and there we are with the extended version of this definition so once again uh, politics is the efficient and effective allocation and redistribution of scarce resources but what i would like to add to this is in order to 
achieve societal progress or societal advancement. I think this is the most important stu uh, thing in this definition because when we leave this out of the definition of politics, we just have a snapshot of what politics is currently in this reality. And there's just a slight normative stance in it because we say we want to do it in an efficient way. And we say we want to have redistribution. Some people might argue that they don't want to have redistribution because they say everyone is uh, uh, should, should seek for uh, his or her own uh, wealth yeah, or happiness um, but this is not the case here because I want to really say and this is just like a slight tendency but what I think is very uh, missing here is that the, the political system is normatively seen not in place in order to only distribute these things in order that we can have the, oper uh, the um, operative uh, uh, continuation of society on a daily basis this is not what i'm talking about we're talking about time horizons of hundreds of years for society yeah and i mean if you don't think about politics in in, in hundreds of or uh, thousands of years then please don't sit at one table with me talking about politics it's that simple if some people come up to me and talk about politics about the next 10 15 years well that's great but if you don't have like a like the bigger picture in mind and if i if i'm not 100 percent sure that you view politics as something that go that is much bigger than your own life and uh bigger than the next kind of two or three generations right then i'm not talking with you about politics i'm not doing that and i'm really i'm i'm that serious when i'm talking about uh, societies and politics um, or the, the politics that manage societies is about like time frames of two, three, four hundred years. This is what we need to talk about. And uh, therefore, I'm going to add this sentence to uh, to the definition, and then the final version would be like this: Politics is the efficient and effective allocation and redistribution of scarce resources in order to achieve societal progress, right? And what is societal progress? So this is a very philosophical question. It's like actually an exclusively philosophical um, question because um, I don't think if you uh, did not engage with the um, science of being and uh, understanding the being in itself, you'll be able to answer this question. So uh, this is an outright philosophical question. And what I mean by societal progress is, um, and there we have the second uh, definition. So, so societal progress um, is the genuine production of knowledge. And this is a much shorter definition, uh, which makes it much more efficient. So this is also kind of uh, a pro tip. The shorter a definition, the uh, clearer the concept or uh, the more solid is the idea behind the concept so what i what do i mean by um, genuine knowledge production it means when people are engaging um, or let me start like this i believe that everyone has uh, a certain place in this world and uh, accordingly in this universe um, everyone has a special talent um, it doesn't matter how yeah, how, how much you can develop it. I mean, it's also pretty much dependent on your personal circumstances and uh, your history and stuff. So um, it can be very difficult to uh, find your passion or talent, uh, if you will. But I believe that this is the case. Um, and because that is so... Um, th those people who are able to find out what they are made for, um, they can uh, genuinely engage with this uh, with this uh, topic. And um, it does not mean that you have to be a I don't know a scientist or something like that in order to achieve like or in order to produce knowledge. If you are a singer, for example, and you genuinely 
uh, engage with the art um, you are you are already advancing your field and uh, by doing so you are producing genuine knowledge and by doing that in turn you are advancing society so you have to be honest with you in the first place uh, with yourself in the first place and then uh, once you are understand what you are made for in this world and start engaging genuinely with that uh, you are achieving a society, you are part of um, yeah, advancing society. Um, politics, therefore, when we come back to the definition of politics, is uh, pol like the purpose of politics is to create an environment where every person has more or less the same chance of finding this passion or this place in this world for herself. Um, and by doing so, they will have the the opportunity to genuinely engage uh, with what they are um, with what the essence of their personality is made of and this is the purpose of politics basically right and in order to do that they allocate resources accordingly they create an environment where we can all do that and it would be an amazing planet if we could do that ah yeah how beautiful but uh, then the question arises, and this is going to be um, the last definition for today before I wrap it up uh, in kind of a summary and reflect on these thoughts once again, because like it's, it's, it's actually so deep, you know, there are lots of things that we can talk about. But as I said, this is just an introductory uh, episode, and we're going to talk about these things uh, in much more detail in uh, many of the other episodes as well. So you might have wondered, since I'm talking so much about uh, about society, uh, what is society? And uh, I will, first of all, I will I will not give you an, an outright definition as I did for um, societal progress and uh, politics, since um, this is a more blurry concept uh, due to its uh, complexity. But we can still build an understanding around society because you have to look at it this way. Um, society is, uh, as we all know, and I think people are more likely to be able to talk about society than they are um, able to talk about politics. Um, it's always about uh, like the common factor or the, f the, the common characteristic that all definitions would talk about is that one person cannot be a society but we need more than one person in order to build one this means it's inherently about the interaction between people so how do they interact with it with, e with each other um, the first thing that comes to mind is language and it's a big factor um, but I think um, society is much more than that and I might have some very unpopular opinions or uh, views less not yeah say opinions on that but excuse me um there my views are, might might be very uh, unpopular for the reason that i'm saying uh if we look at the how the human race has evolved we are at different places on this on this planet right and we are subject to different um geographical characteristics some are in the mountains some live in warm climates some are uh, some live at rivers um, the sea some in the desert and this is going on for thousands of years already so accordingly our uh, phenotypical uh, characteristics changed so we have people in the north who have a very white skin we have people uh, are subject to to uh, much more sun, have darker skin, um, and we can see this um, if we go down from Scandinavia down to uh, the Mediterranean Sea, all the way down to uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. The skin gets darker. Uh, we have um, Asian people uh, who have uh, other phenotypical characteristics. Um, for example, they are much shorter than, for example, Scandinavian people. 
people in the Middle East um, are, as I said, uh, also darker, mostly have uh, dark hair or are very uh, hairy, <laughs> if, we, if we can neutrally say that uh, in, in that way. Then we have the Latinos uh, who have kind of um, also a darker skin color, um, also slightly um, are slightly shorter. Mostly have uh, mostly have um, don't have cur curly hair. Uh, I don't know what, what was the like the opposite of curly flat flat. Do we do we say flat hair? I don't know. Anyways, but. You get my point, right? So we are exposed to certain um, geographical characteristics, and the shape uh, the shapes our um, our appearance. And now let me give you, give you an example. Um, you might have experienced some things in your life that changed uh, that fundamentally changed your life, and this is because somebody told you something. You had you watched a very inspirational movie or video or speech or whatnot, and then your whole thinking changed. And let me tell you what, if nature is strong enough to change your appearance, then believe it's fucking strong enough to change your mind as well. And don't come up to me and say, oh, well, now we are all the same inside. We are not the fucking same inside, right? And this is how mentalities and languages evolve, you know. If we, if we think about African languages, they are not the same. They are not the same. They are different. They, they, they are hundreds and thousands of different languages in Africa. People don't know about it. I heard, and I'm not sure if this is true, but somebody told me once that there are over uh, 500 uh, different ethnic groups uh, in, in Congo alone. Most of them, they have their own language and grammar and accent and whatnot. But what I'm saying is, from uh, the way it sounds the intonation and the general structure of the languages, they are similar. For example, I, I, as a Turkish person, I can talk about the Altai languages, right? The Turkic languages. So if somebody from Kyrgyzstan or from, from Mongolia talks to me, I might not understand everything the person is saying, although it's, but because it's the same language family, and I mean, this is thousands of kilometers away from me, the sound of the language, the intonation, right? The atmosphere of the language sounds familiar to me, which is different when we when I think about Swedish, for example. This whole it, it's a whole different language. English compared to Turkish is is that two different worlds. So what I'm saying is that um, wherever societies are located, um, they have a certain geographical factors that influence their appearance, but also um, the way they talk, the way they behave, because there are different behavioral patterns. You know, somebody who lives in the desert has a whole different lifestyle than somebody who lives in the uh, Amazonas uh, region. It's it's obviously it's, it's going to be different, and obviously this is going to um, alter the the way you interact with people uh, within your community. And uh, this has been happening for quite some time, uh, not to say about ten thousands of years. So mentalities evolved around that. And by what I mean with a mentality or like the more extended version culture, um, it means that there are certain behavioral patterns that people within that community show. Um, and it becomes so clear that this is an integral part of what they do there. Um, they, don't, they don't need to talk about it anymore. Right, so we can think about cloud. You know, probably uh, OneDrive or uh, Google Drive or something like that. It's a cloud storage that you upload information to, and other people who have access to it, like the password to it, can download it. And culture or mentality is not more than that, because there are certain things that you do within the community and don't do, and there are so they have been. These people are so accustomed to doing or not doing certain things um, and to these habits uh, it became, becomes kind of the common sense and this common sense is what we call culture and um, everyone who grows up within this culture does not need to have somebody 
explicitly telling them what to do and what not to do but because they get the let's say vibe or the atmosphere of what is done there and also by viewing how people behave they kind of download it from what we call culture down into their system and adopt their behavior to it right and this is a very central part of, of societies because societies are built and uh, today we have a very territorial uh, territorial uh, view on that is for example when we talk about let's say the spanish society right um or let's say italian i think italian is better because we, when we go into spain and stuff you know um, the basque in catalonia um, they might disagree but um well we might also have the same problem with with italy and uh sicilia but uh um, there's a whole thing let's let's just look at um let's look at greece please <laughs> since we are around the, the mediterranean i don't want to go too much into the uh, discussions of wow oh, well uh, venice is also in florence oh let's let's talk about vatican never mind so when we when we look at greece right um these people they have been sharing the same territory for thousands of years right um, they are subject to the same geographical uh, environment um, for thousands of years. They developed a common language that reflects uh, the common, the commonalities of what they are doing there. And you know, the language is reflecting that. The geography is reflecting that. And um, all of these things, they kind of developed a common understanding about what greek culture is i mean to this uh, what what greek mentality is in the first place so uh, i mixed up culture and, and mentality quite often right here but um let's uh, just get this clear so mentality is kind of the cloud storage that gives us um information about the common behavior the common sense that people developed uh, around this behavior so what is acceptable and what not what can we do what we can't what can't we do uh, how is our humor how do we talk to each other and so on culture includes that but extends it um, with also uh, local art or regional art music which is also influenced by the language and the mentality and the geography so these are all uh, interconnected and um, inter continuously interacting factors by the way so if we have music um, we have uh, as i said art we have literature for example and these also play into what we call culture but the central aspect of culture is the following as i told you before there are thousands of years that pe these people share with each other they developed some uh, common myth myths right um greece is a probably um, a great example for that because we have the greek methodology but um with all the gods and the stories about the gods um, but we can also think about uh, other countries because they have lived through wars famine um let's say industrialization and uh different kind of stages of statemanship and uh, there are um, heroic uh, stories there are sad stories um, there are things like the flag uh, anthem uh, symbols um, and these are put under the umbrella term of myths um, because they are kind of the things that all people know within that society and it also plays into um or, or plays a central role within the concept of culture because we can all refer to it let's say uh, in one country or well, we all know the uh, the nas national uh, our national anthems or uh, like the general history and this gives also a common like adds to the common sense about these things so once we combine all these things and this is gonna, now getting very interesting is uh, now we have a society so we have common boundaries, more or less clear boundaries, you know. Uh, I mean, in, in the case of Greece, it's uh, a bit easier since um, it's mostly surrounded by, by uh, water and they just have a one long uh, land border. 
um, but um, there's the factor of territory it means um, and I mean it becomes clear you know when, once you, you move up you know Bulgaria is whole different mentality whole different history whole different myths language whole different art and music you know it becomes kind of clear where uh, once you you cross the border where you are going you know that these people are they have a different uh, they come from a whole different uh, historic background um, so there is the territory as I said there's the, uh, the the language as a separate uh, part there's the mentality as the behavioral part of society and there's culture which combines myths uh, art literature and music and combining these we get voila, a society of people who live together um, having these commonalities it does not mean that they're all the same um, that is not true but they have they are heavily uh, they're very diff they're very dissimilar to people from other societies let's say that which does not mean that they're incompatible but i'm just saying i'm just trying to give you an combo society is okay so uh, don't get at me with some kind of oh you're racist and stuff uh, it does not imply that so anyways um and now you understand uh, how why i'm i'm not going to give you an, an definition of a society because if i put these things together then the question would be ah what does that mean what does that mean um, I don't want to make it too complicated, but I mean, society is a very interesting uh, interplay of these factors that I've just mentioned before, um, of language, mentality, and culture. And culture, there are subcategories that play into what culture is. So um, I think um, we should just leave society as a more abstract concept. Whew. So... A lot of things uh, that we talked about but in the end not that much to be honest uh, we talked about um, what politics is we talked about that people often don't know what politics is in the first place i gave you my account uh, and um, why i think it's important that we include the factor of society progress in uh, politics because uh, and i'm going to repeat it here as well because um, I think uh, politics is not just there to manage the daily business, but um, it has a wider purpose, a more long-term purpose and a wider outlook on the future. Um, it should be, you know, it should be like that. It does not mean that it is always like that. And if we look at history, only the fewest politicians um, have had that kind of vision or that kind of attitude towards politics which is extremely sad and i can understand that people are not very happy with my definition as they don't believe that politics is something that we look at from at least a time horizon of 200 years uh, i can understand that because history proved us wrong but i'm still believing that it just uh that is just tied to bad politicians, bad people, wrong people at the wrong places. And uh, it should be very clear that politics has a very strong normative aspect to it and that the purpose of it should be that everyone has a is playing on an even or level uh, playing field uh, in order to be able to genuinely produce uh, knowledge and this brings us to the second thing that we discussed. It was um, societal progress, which is based on a genuine knowledge production. And uh, I told you what I think a genuine knowledge production is and how that um, brings about uh, societal progress. And once we get to a point uh, where we are doing this, then I think this is going to be... Oh, these are going to be nice times. We might not see them. I'm pretty sure that we're not going to see them. Uh, would have been great, but yeah, anyways. Maybe our grandchildren or something like that. 
Uh, and then uh, I talked about um, what society is because uh, this is in the end what politics is applied to, but also what politics interacts with because in the end politicians are also part of society um, in a very particular way. Uh, nonetheless, they are. And uh, the interplay between society and politics here is very important. So um, we need to understand that uh, the, the one cannot be without the other and we should also not very uh, move into a direction where we separate them too much uh, there are quite kind of distinct concepts um, I agree with that but uh, we should we should be careful uh, to say politics is uh, detached from society and vice versa because it is not all right I mean we filled the whole episode with uh, definitions um, it was yeah it, was a lot of fun for me to be honest um i think in the next kind of in the next episodes i will kind of um go into the topics of uh, how what kind of different political systems there are um i think this is also a topic that we can uh, fill a whole episode with and then i think i will go into the kind of uh, the analyzing the case studies um just pick out some news uh, elaborate on uh, important developments in the world and uh, give you my analysis on that every now and then i will also have like more general uh, discussions as we as we had today since um, I, I promised you that i'm going to give you the tools in order to also be able to analyze uh, these developments for yourself um, but guys thank you very much if you stuck around uh, this point um i'm very excited to hear your comments um have your or get your feedback in general and um i think uh, it's going to i had an amazing time already to be honest um, but i hope that you also had a great time and that we will have a lot of time together in the future so yeah that's about that that was the first episode of a podcast see you next time guys bye